Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1. Cincinnati, Ohio. One more hour and I'll be home. Close my eyes and rest my bones. Can't be more than a mile or so from Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to the Hunt for Reds October podcast. I'm your host, Coop, and tonight we've got some people here to talk some Reds baseball and the emergency Rysel Iglesias trade podcast. First, you know him from Red Reporter. We got Wick Terrell on with us tonight. Wick, how are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. I'm looking forward to talking about all of the Cincinnati Reds that still are actual Cincinnati Reds, since there aren't very many of them anymore. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think the 40-man roster is at like three. <laughs> <laughs> Rule five, woo We also have Polly on tonight. Here's the thing. Polly, how are you? Here's the thing, Coop. I'm living a dream, drinking some bourbon. Drinking my, I guess, sorrows away? I don't know if they're really sorrows or just, uh, whatever. Here we go. Let's do this tonight. Hopefully it's cheap bourbon like the Reds. Uh, we got the Woo on tonight. Woo, how you doing? Doing pretty good. Um, can't say that for the Reds, I guess, but, you know, it's baseball. Kind of. Looking forward to whatever form of baseball we're going to see next year. They'll have uniforms and everything. Yeah, they will. And there'll <laughs> eventually be people in the stands, and it'll be baseball on a field. And big we'll doings, big doings. Yep. We also have Ryan on. Ryan, how's things in Nashville? Things are fantastic. Um, I hope the Reds keep their good vibes only motto going because that's the only thing they're going to have to uh, try to win games with. Well, I guess that'll lead us into the news of the day. Today, the Reds traded Rysel Iglesias to the Anaheim Angels of Los Angeles, California Earth. For a guy I've never heard of, what was his name? Noel, no, no Ramirez, no, no, <laughs> that guy, and a uh, player to be named later. The Reds we, are also some him, cash. Can we call him Yes Ramirez? No, get it because his name's No, <laughs> no, uh, Noe. Is it No, Noe? No, uh, I'm sorry, buddy. Noah, where's the, I think where's it's the Noah. pronunciation key? I think it's Noah, Noah. 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 Yeah. Noah. Yeah, it's Noah. Like N O and then E H, like Noah. Like, like the Reds how Noah how to run a team. Oh my god. Yes. This is already <laughs> off the rails. <laughs> but yeah, so so the Reds are sending money too. They didn't specify how much. Hopefully not a whole lot since they traded uh Iglesias for this guy whose name I've can't pronounce and I've never heard of before. I'm sure he's a nice guy. But, uh, <laughs> Wick, give me your quick reaction on the trade and what this means. Is this the start of a fire sale? I don't know if it's the start of a fire sale or not. Uh, you know, they invested so much damn money into players last winter that basically have negative trade value at this point. I don't think they're going to give those guys away. I think part of what you've seen so far with uh, trading Rysel, uh and the Sunny Gray rumors is they're trying to trade some guys that are making good but not exorbitant money but also guys that in theory they might be able to get something for um but this deal just reeks of every other move we've seen so far this winter which is that they're going to cut costs which just kind of kind of sucks you know in a nutshell trading a 31 year old reliever who's been healthy for his entire career and is in his last year of team control who had his best year as a reliever last year 
on the surface doesn't sound like that terrible of a concept, but they didn't get anything for him. It's clearly a salary dump based on all the other moves. And it just kind of, it's almost like that tip of the iceberg moment where it's less about what they got and what they gave up and more about what it means for the larger finances of the team right now. And I think that's what kind of sucks. Cause you know, if you, if you, if you tender Archie Bradley for what would be four and a half million bucks and you've got a ready-made closer replacement in house, Dumping Rysel Iglesias and getting the money off the books. Okay, I, I could buy that as the reallocation crap that they're spending right now. But it's not that. It's just the latest addition of them dumping money. And that's what kind of sucks about this to me. Well, and if you listen to John Heyman I shot uh, on Twitter, he uh, I'm going to start calling him Bud Dwyer from now on. Uh, yeah. Bud on Twitter said that the Reds are still listing offers for Sonny Gray even after this trade. Are are the Reds a poverty franchise now? <laughs> yeah, that's the funny part. It's like the Angels have been looking for starting pitching to back Mike Trout for years. I don't know why the hell the Angels are acquiring guys like Rysel Iglesias when they should be acquiring guys like Sonny Gray. You know, like that's that's yeah. the deal that should have happened if they were gonna make that deal happen today. And so yeah, I don't I don't know. It's um what the it's the second deal that the Reds and Angels have pulled off uh, kind of the Brian Goodwin uh, deal earlier uh, this summer. Uh, you wonder if there's just a good relationship between those two teams and they're trying their best to help each other balance the books. But yeah, it's just, uh, it kind of sucks, man. Cause you know, it's again, in a vacuum dumping a 31 year old closer and getting money off the books. If you're going to spend it elsewhere, it's cool. But if you're going to spend it elsewhere, you don't cut all the guys and let other guys walk that you have let off the payroll in the last month, you know? True. Well, and here's the thing, Polly. Um, is Mike Trout the player to be named later, or am I thinking too high? No, Coop, you're always thinking too high. <laughs> Here's the thing. I was surprised by this trade, but I wasn't surprised. Like, obviously, it's a money dump. Baseball's a business. I'll say it time and time again. But it just reeks of just, like, unforgettable regret. Where the Reds are just, not regret, but, like, doesn't smell good it doesn't taste good in your mouth it doesn't it doesn't sit well with me so this shout to phil <laughs> the reds are not poor but covid definitely strained them out you know the reds spent a lot of money last year trying to put together a team that they thought was going to compete you know in a full season and that obviously didn't happen because we had that 60 game bullshit season and then look at look. This is this is the result of it. You know, we have to pump and dump a little bit, some guys out to get <laughs> to try to put something together. And this is what's happening. Baseball's a business. I know that technique very well, very well. <laughs> I thought. I, never mind. Uh, <laughs> woo! Give me your thoughts on the baseball, not the pump and dump. Uh, it's it's aggravating. It's. Um, Unacceptable. There's a lot of things going on. Um, you know, we can dive into the finances a little bit. Um, I don't particularly buy into that too much. I, yes, it's a business, but it's more of an, an investment portfolio than anything else uh, when it comes to baseball. And that's for the stuff we know about. Um, it, what, what annoyed me about this? And uh, Bobby Nightingale uh, had a tweet on this that said, uh, where Crawl said there was some interest in Gleases on the trade market. Um, but the biggest thing was the Reds wanted an MLB pl- player in return. 
and this is just an alarm bell going off to me. This is All Star Game 2.0. You know, when 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 the rebuild f- failed, and here we are again, where we're trading off assets and getting uh, somebody that's replacement level back. Um, I wouldn't have, you know, if, if you got to move some money, you got to move some money. You say, I, I don't buy into the concept, oh, this is freeing them up to do other things. I think this is what the Reds are doing. They're dumping payroll. It's obvious they're dumping payroll. But when, when they did this move, this to me is we want an MLB player back so that we can save face and try to have a 500 like team on the field and not, oh, we're going to move them and get something that's for the future. And some a younger player that's got so you know I don't know this this is a thirty year old relief pitcher, um, it's just it's frustrating. I don't. It's just something that as a Reds fan and everything this club has gone through, we haven't won a world. Oh, sorry, we haven't won a World Series since ninety. We haven't won a playoff series since ninety five. There hasn't been an, any advancement. This new Bob Castellini window has just been. Not a lot, really, at the end of the day. And, and and you see this, and it just feels like same old Reds, just, you know, they moved the, the chairs on the deck of the Titanic. And I, I don't know. I, they still have time to make me eat my words here, but the history of the club and what they've been doing, I just have to take it at face value, is they're not looking to compete, and they're not looking to win a championship. And that's what it is. And, and this is our window, and it's closing. And then they're going to really be up against a hard reality. And they've dumped the farm system clean, more or less. I don't know. I don't, I don't have any answers. And uh, it's really just saying, hey, baseball is going to be back. And you're, we're going to be excited for that. But that's really the only selling thing when it comes when we can go back and watch baseball games again. So you're optimistic is what you're saying. I'm very, very, I'm very optimistic. Yeah. Very. I just... I, I, I don't want to be like a <laughs> hater here, but it's just no. I know we've seen that we've seen the show before. The the only thing I'll add to that it, that brings any sort of like potential smallest odds possible optimism um, is that this is the very clear example that having Kyle Bodie and Driveline presents, and that's that you're getting rid of Iglesias, you're getting rid of Archie Bradley. You're trying to move Michael Lorenzen into the rotation to replace Discofani and Trevor Bauer. You're trying to unearth the next TJ Antone. I I don't know. Maybe the dude is a complete freaking wizard, and he is getting a very, very prominent chance. The hell with Jeff Hoffman and his 9.8-whatever ERA coming in from, from Colorado also. Uh, you're getting the very, very front-seat chance to see if this guy literally can churn out elite pitchers from not from nothing but at least unearth them uh you know diamond in the rough style or the other thing i could possibly think of is that hunter green and nick lodolo and tony santillan who are all first or second round draft picks and didn't have a chance to show us what they had in the minors last year um maybe maybe they're gonna get aggressively promoted which is just something that red's front office personnel has never done like Atlanta has over the last decade and a half. Um, if it's that, oh, okay. I guess I can get on board with that. I'll be um, excited about it for sure. I'll be excited about it. I'll be skeptical as hell about it. But if that's what the methodology is behind all this, 
I'd be okay with it. The thing is, you feel like if that's something that they were willing to do, they would have given at least a little bit of a glimpse that saying, hey, all these big guys we've been sitting on for the last couple of years, uh, look at them. You know, Pay attention to them because they're going to be a big part of the team right freaking now. You would think, but I think you have to be 25 before the Reds can legally call you up. <laughs> Ryan, your thoughts. Sorry, what, what, Go what, ahead, Will, real quick. Uh, and I can, I can buy into that is if the Reds follow up with other action, right? It's going to be a very slow in terms of free agents or other things. You, you say you say you've got that. Hey, he can spin gold, you know, and and Derek Johnson there, and you're ahead of the curve compared to the rest of the league. There's only a matter of time before that window closes and the rest of the league catches up. So they need to be out there, fixing the holes, uh, fill, you know, taking this cash that they have now on hand, and fixing the offense and getting the offense where it needs to be. And if it's not, and that doesn't happen, then us fans shouldn't sit around and be like, well, they tried or, you know, they're an okay team. No, that's just not acceptable. We got, we just, it's just, they're just going to sit on the money. And if, and that's what happens, that's just wasting this entire window. It's wasting all this investment that that's happened in terms of analytics. It's wasting in terms of Derek Johnson, what he's brought to the table. And it's just, you know, I, I want them to make me eat my words. I really do. But I, I just, until, until there's action, I just, I can't, I can't believe it's going to happen. Ryan, your turn. Well, Coop, to answer your original question, um, yes, the Reds are a poverty franchise. They are the Oakland A's. This is what they are. Um, my hot take about seeing Lodolo and Green earlier this offseason doesn't seem so hot now, does it? Um, honestly, I'm not upset about dumping the payroll and really any of the guys that they've got that they've gotten rid of. Um, my main issue is, you know, why didn't you trade Iglesias three years ago when he was one of the best closers in baseball and you had a 65 or 68 win team? Like, why Cause that's not how the Reds dead? operate. They always exactly. trade at lowest value. That's, that's the thing that pisses me off more than anything because you didn't need a closer then. And he, his trade value was the highest that it's ever been and ever was. And so you dump him off. I mean, quite honestly, when I saw the deal come through and I saw um, the return, I thought, well, they just haven't um, they just haven't uh, figured out who that other prospect was going to be. And I immediately went to the Angels farm system list on MLB Pipeline and was like, hey, who's in their farm system? I was like, oh, well, it's got to be somebody good. And then I just kind of thought about it. I was like, oh, no, this is just a goddamn salary dump. This is all they're doing is just getting rid, of, getting rid of salary. They don't give a shit about the return back. They still want to pay him, what, six mil a year, something like that? I think it'd be so, about nine. Um, nine, yeah. Yeah, and so and I will disagree with Wu, as I usually do. Um, the, the farm system has not been wiped clean. Like, they've got a very good farm system. Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, good pitchers. We're gonna, I think we're going to see what, what they've got this year. Um, you know, but they have picked clean any hitters other than Jose Garcia and Robert Stevenson and Jonathan India, which we all know how I feel about Jonathan India, but they've, they've kind of picked clean. Chris Oakey's still there. End, the top end, he son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> son of a, we're not doing that again. Um, you know. Sorry, I didn't mean to end your train of thought than, there. Other than the pitchers, other than the pitchers, like they're, the farm system is still, or other than the hitters, the farm system is still pretty good. The, the pitchers that they have, I like. Um, I like, you know, what Body and, and DJ do. But, I mean, 
as of right now, it's a poverty franchise. You can see what they're doing. Everyone's cutting payroll. The, the Pirates are going to be shitty. The Cardinals are cutting payroll. The Cubs are about to embark on a rebuild. All you may need to do is to get a few games above 500. And I think that's their plan. And they're not going to spend any money. They're going to they're not going to bring in a shortstop unless it's a minor league camp invite right before spring training. I doubt they fill many of the holes on the bullpen or the starting staff. Um, I really need to look at their I really need to look at their 40 man to see even who's on it because God knows they're going to play service time games this upcoming season with the you know the the good arms that that yeah, the good arms in the system that they do have. So so green I mean, and Lodolo basically. And well, I think we're going. I think Santion. We're going to see Santion in the bullpen. I think that's his long term projection anyway. I don't think he's ever going to be a starter. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, they're poor apparently. Bob's going to have to take out a second mortgage on. The, oh wait, he doesn't own that. Um, Bob's going to have to check <laughs> in the bananas inside of the banana stand to see if uh, there's any money left over because. He's just he's his pockets are turned out. He's poor. He's broke. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's the problems I have with this, and you actually touched on one, Ryan. Is that Bob Castellini doesn't have to worry about paying for a stadium. Taxpayers of Hamilton County gave him that, and Hamilton County pays for all the not all, but some of the upgrades that are done around the stadium. Not like the lease with the Bengals, which is, could be in a whole other topic, which was just flat-out robbery. But he doesn't have stadium expenses like other owners do. They have rent of a dollar a year. Yeah. I <laughs> wonder if he pays in pennies. But here's the other thing. According to USA Today, this was an article that came out back in October. The top ten team owners who gave the most to political parties in the last four years at number 10. This is not just baseball. This is NFL, NBA, hockey. Bob Castellini comes in 10th from 2016 to 2020. He gave over $1.2 million in political contributions. How in the fuck are you going to cry poor when you can literally give seven figures over $250,000 a year away in political contributions, but you're going to tell the fans that you're broke. Now I know that maybe that money came from his produce business and all that, blah, blah, blah. But at some point you're going to have to show the numbers if you're going to cry poverty. Because the TV contract... What about the record gains and profits that they've had over the last, what, five years or six years? Something well, like that? the TV contract the more than doubled. Yes, I understand COVID was a big problem and they lost money. There's no doubt about that. Every team probably lost money. But the gate accounts for something like 35 to 40% of the Reds' revenue. Okay, so you lost 35 to 40% of your revenue for one year. One year. You're going to talk about trading Sonny Gray for no other reason than to save money. And you just gave away Rice Iglesias. You non-tendered everybody. What are, what are we doing here? It's worth pointing out also that last year when they went on that massive free agent spending spree and guaranteed 
what, $164 million to Shogo and Wade Miley and God, Wade Miley, um, and Moose and Nick Castellanos and everything else. That got them to... Uh, av- Wade Miley! That got, that got them to average Major League Baseball payroll. They get, that got them to 15th, maybe 14th, depending on which site you check. That got them to average league payroll for a year. And then they didn't even have to pay it because they only played 60 games and had prorated salaries. So yeah. you're talking about a club that is perennially in the bottom 12 to 10 teams in payroll that flexed once and immediately is scaling back. And I think that's the part that, that, that frustrates me the most. Um, on top of the fact that they haven't had any success whatsoever recently. You talk about them being the, the Oakland A's. Uh, fuck, I'd love if they were the Oakland A's. The Oakland A's win shit. They go places. When they make a trade like a rice Cell Iglesias trade, you say, okay, they know something we don't because it works out. And they go win 95 games the next year with a payroll at $90 million because they know what the hell they're doing. Uh, with this, they've got no goodwill based on previous seasons and previous success. And they've got no goodwill based on the trades that they've made of their highest profile players in the last eight, seven, eight years. You know, So it's a double whammy in that regard. And that's where I get frustrated because – you know, you, you, you can build up a, a wealth of trust uh, uh, by making these kind of moves and having them pan out. Uh, they haven't. And this is now the second wave of them without there ever being a peak in between the first wave and the second wave. Uh, and that sucks, man. That just flat out sucks. Polly, help me out here. What else other than opening, and I know they're not going to open their books, but what else can the Reds do? to generate some goodwill while cutting salary. Um, here's the thing. Sign Didi Gregorius. I've, he, he should have been a red all along the last, what, six years now? Sign Didi Gregorius. If you're not going to sign Bauer, if you're going to trade Sonny, you better get something back worth Sonny. You better get some, you you better show us some good fucking will, Reds. Like I, I, I'm, uh, I think if you're not... if you're cutting salary now, then everybody needs to give up the Trevor Bauer hope because there's no, no way. Yeah, <laughs> there's no, there's no. I, don't, I'm, I'm, I let that go once he won the Cy Young. I let that go. I was like done, checked off. He's gone out of my book. You know, like I've seen people tweet like, oh, he's still wearing a Reds hat. Oh, he's a fucking flirt too. Jeez, you know, like, huh, man, I, I wear Yankee shorts around the house. Does that make me a Yankees fan? No, I got son of a bitch, old player. Anyway, um, (laughs) it's just you know you got to show some goodwill. You got to show the fans that you're not just giving up. But you know, Bob Cassini, I just I've never liked a guy. He's a snake. I once worked. I once worked for Castellini down in Wilder, and, I was, and maybe that's why I don't like the guy. But it's just, uh, you know, you're treated like a piece of shit there, and it's just it shows through the Reds and the front office and just how you know, I don't know the ballpark even too. You know, Castellinis are not. They're it's a monopoly of what they do with their company because he owns the truck companies, he owns the vendors, he owns everything. He makes money. He can put money right back into the Reds, but he just doesn't want to. Yeah, and I don't. I don't buy the whole it, a billionaire all of a sudden becomes broke overnight because of COVID. I don't buy it. No, no, no. 
No, they're using know. it as an excuse. That's all this is. It's a fucking excuse. They found their window to be able to actually reset the market. And this isn't just Castellini. This is all owners. They found their window to be able to reset payroll and reset salaries for players without having to go and do a salary cap or things like that. They found the excuse to do it. And here it is. Oh, no, we don't have any money because of COVID. Well, that's a fucking lie. Open your goddamn books and show us, you assholes. You know, if... well, they, they don't have to privately collude now. They can publicly collude because now they have a right. public. Now reason. they have an excuse. Yeah, they have an excuse now why they, you know, why they can't spend money, why they have to cut payroll. You know, this if is they, the way it is all the time. You I know, mean, if they ugh. if they trade Sonny Gray, then Wade Miley's the number two starter. Yeah. If they trade Sonny Gray <laughs> and it's not for at like a fucking haul. I'll I'll I'll, down. I'll find well, I'll I mean, find I mean, another goddamn thing. This is fucking. Where are stupid. they going to get that hole hole now? They've undercut undercut themselves. They've signaled yeah, to the no, league. They signaled to the league. We're dumping salary. Yep. Why would anybody right. come in with an why actual anybody, hole now? Why? Oh, we'll but, take that salary off. They just under, yeah. undercut themselves in terms of that trade. Fucking idiots, man. And you know, and, and I and I hate to say this, it's not it's not Nick Kroll's fault. He's he's being given orders from above to cut the payroll. <laughs> I, I like Nick Crow. I think he's I think he he does a good job as far as identifying or well listening to his scouts who identify talent. However, like this is fucking ridiculous. I mean, Dick Williams left for a fucking reason, and this is why. This is what this, he didn't want to deal with this shit. Um, I tried to get Nick Crow on the Reds Fest podcast last year, and he just uh, just kept walking. I wonder why. Um, You're asking about goodwill. I got, I got a little something there. I, I. How about some transparency on what the plan is or what's going on? You'd have to like, have a plan uh, to do that. Yeah, right. That, yeah, that's his, part of the problem. Yeah, they, I, he, I think that's what they, 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 this, this isn't. This is purely financial. There's no baseball reasoning behind what's going on so far. Um, but where's Bob Castellini coming out as an owner trying to reassure fans on any regard on anything? Where where is Nick Kroll being like? Here's our plan, and I'm talking beyond the like little code. We got to get creative with payroll, that kind of stuff. I mean, there was a he had a quote today that was kind of concerning, and like they're talking about what was going on with the trade, and said, "I think we're just looking at everything as a one-off and trying to make the best decisions as they come up, and do the best we can without That's not a plan. payroll." That's not a plan. That's that's not a plan. Oh at wow, all. we got we got twelve million here. We're cool, you know, we got twenty million here. Who, who where, what? You know, that sounds like I've been given a target number and I've got to hit that target number of cut payroll. That's what that sounds like to me. And that's it's exactly disingenuous it to just try to coat this and I don't know. It's just it's Cincinnati sports. You know, it's just the city deserves a little better when you look at the big picture. But it's just it's it's aggravating. It's where you want some goodwill? Be honest with us. Tell us what's up, and don't don't lie to our faces. <sighs> you all have made me sad now, but go ahead, Wick. Who does that? Go ahead, Wick. I'd be lying if if it wasn't frustrating, because it sure as hell is. But at least, and I don't. This is not a good thing at all for several reasons, which I'll try to get to quickly. But Cleveland just gave away Brad Hand. They said. He's, we don't, we're not going to pay him $10 million, and he's got an option. If anybody wants him, take him. They put him on waivers, and nobody claimed him. Nobody. The dude is absolutely one of the five best relievers in baseball on a one-year $10 million deal, and nobody claimed him. So 
that was a pretty reasonable heads up, A, that Cleveland is cheap as shit, and B, that a lot of other teams were just going to do everything they could to kick the can down the road until they had to make decisions. And I think that's the biggest thing about this, is that it's one part the Reds are going to do everything they can to cut payroll right now. But I think what if you if you had the chance to pick Nick Kroll's brain, maybe next episode, um, what he would tell you <laughs> is uh, they're going to wait as long as they possibly can to see what's left because they think, A, that's a pretty reasonable strategy for small market teams every year. But this year in particular, come February, come early March, there are going to be more good names available at that point than there ever have been. And if they can get rid of Rysel Iglesias at $9.125 million and get anything for him now, save that money and sign whoever the hell it is left at $1.5 million in February, they're willing to do that. And that's the frustrating part because on top of this entire god-awful pandemic crap we've been going through on every aspect of our lives, baseball is part of that. Um, There's a CBA negotiation that's going to get going very, very quickly in 2021. It's going to be messy. And the more the owners squeeze the players right now and say, you're not making that, the more that's going to fuel a shitstorm for that negotiation, which is going to happen all year long. And that's what bugs me the most, is that when you see players getting the butt into this, when they didn't get the rise in player salary proportion to ownership gains over the last decade, they're going to take that to the bargaining table every single day between now and when they get through that next CBA. And so when I see the moves made, like just outright cutting Archie Bradley and giving away Brad Hand and nobody will take him, it pisses me off from a 2021 baseball season perspective. But it also says, Jesus, these negotiations are going to get ugly as hell because of this. And that's going to cost us things that we should have had to not worry about in the next few years going forward. And that's like, that's the worry on the back end of this beyond just a 2021 season thing, because I really do think uh, the players are going to take this shit personally. And I don't blame them one freaking bit, given what happened over the last seven oh, yeah. years of, uh, of baseball exploding revenues, you know? Well, and here we are a little over two months from spring training, and we still don't know what all the rules are going to be next year. They've told teams to assume that there's not going to be a DH in the, in, in the National League, but assumption is not reality sometimes. So is there going to be a DH or not? Are they still going to do uh, an expanded roster or not? Are they going to have 28 players? Is it going to be 26? Until they settle some of this stuff, I mean, you've got the Rule 5 draft, what is it, that Thursday? Somebody might not take it. Somebody might not take a guy because they don't know how many roster spots they have. But that's all plays to the owners, right? I mean, I think this is going to be the biggest game of chicken between owners you've ever seen in your life. I mean, you're going to, I mean, who blinks first and signs someone to a significant ish contract? The Mets. (laughs) The Mets. The Mets. The Dodgers. Well, I mean, it's Dodgers. Dodgers, yeah. yeah. Dodgers oh, yeah. Gave, like, gave, uh, gave $350 million to Mookie Betts two months ago. That's you know? true. Like, yeah. and, and, and this is also more aggravating. You look at the Central. We've talked about how everyone's shit in the bed. And it's just sitting out there. Just go be competent. Spend. Yeah. And you've got a division winner. And instead, it's, well, let's be 500-ish and hope we get you know five, six games to roll our way. And, hey, we're in. We're good. I think what... The problem has been is that Bob Castellini is too, too focused on trying to prove that Donald Trump won the election instead of 
<laughs> and cut. And cut. And scene. One sad thing about this week and this past weekend is that there was no Reds Fest this year. Reds Fest is always fun. Uh, the last couple of years I've done a podcast from there. Uh, the first one was the first one that Jer was on, and the outtakes of that was just hilarious. I had to cut half of it. But uh, <laughs> you had to be there. Imagine. <laughs> but Reds Fest is always a good time. So that was sad that the that the fans and the team couldn't have that moment, those two days together. It's something that, while other teams have like fan events, Reds Fest is really one of the top ones in baseball. And hopefully next year we'll have control over the pandemic and we'll be able to do stuff like that and we'll be able to have fans hopefully sometime this summer. But I don't know. It made me sad that I couldn't go to Reds Fest. I mean, I see a bunch of people there, a bunch of Reds fans that I only see there once a year. Um, get to make fun of people like four bat guy four bat guy is like a unicorn but you see him every now and then four bat guy walking around with four bats strapped to his backpack looking for autographs that's just something you hate while that backpack was supposed to be used for softball you have to (laughs) you have to go to reds fest just to see some of the people that show up the autograph people running down players so that they can sign the back of the receipt of the hot dog they just bought. It's just a sight to behold. Today in Reds Fest? Today in Reds Fest, yeah. Go ahead, Wick. What were you going to say? Is Buckeye guy there? No. um, The official spokesperson of Ohio State football doesn't make an appearance, but Uh, maybe just in spirit because as (laughs) as everyone knows, Ohio State football and Buckeye guy are hand in hand. They... Hand and nut. Yeah. Well, that's buck nut. Whenever you want to talk about Ohio State football, you can only think about Buckeye guy. And it's the first thing that comes to my mind. It yeah. is. Yeah, and definitely, and definitely. everybody in Columbus loves him. Just loves him. I have he's, a life-size statue in my house. He's so. like the mayor of Columbus. He could be the mayor of Columbus, Buckeye guy. A true ambassador. It tr- yes. I, I mean, I can't think of anybody better to represent the state of Ohio. That's a, that's a high praise coming the, from the, the spokesperson of uh, Kentucky. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, no, uh, yeah, Buckeye guy is a self-proclaimed mascot, Polly. Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't know if you've picked up on the sarcasm, but a lot of people don't like I that. have, I have. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we talking about Buckeye guy? Come on now. Yeah, sorry. Right. No, I know. I know. <laughs> um, one other thing that's going to happen perhaps this week is that we're going to learn is why is there cats crying in the background here? Um, but we're going to learn who the minor league affiliates are going to be and who is going to be left out. Uh, if I had sources and I don't, it would be interesting to see what is going to happen because if you've seen some of the things that have come out, some, some teams have been told you're, you're not going to be an affiliate like the Staten Island, or is it, yeah, Staten Island team for the Yankees is like suing baseball right now. And a team, I think it's Fresno in California, was a triple A team, and now they're told they're, they're either going to be single A or they're not going to be an affiliate. All this stuff is happening 
in the background of, you know, everything else to do with baseball. I haven't heard anything. Wick, maybe you would know. Have you, have you heard anything about Reds minor league affiliates? Um, I mostly don't know my ass from my elbow. Okay. But, um, <laughs> no, I, I, I would be willing to say that, that, that for sure uh, Louisville and Dayton are 100% fine. The only issue with Dayton is what league they're going to be in because there have been rumors that there's going to be a Midwestern league that's going to get basically elevated either to advanced A or potentially even double A, depending on how things shake out. And so um, I, I would be shocked. Hey, Dayton's going to be somebody's affiliate regardless. I'd say it's a 95 to 99% chance they're going to be a Reds affiliate still. Uh, the question is, do they get bumped up from just Class A uh, to a potentially higher level? Um, yeah, Louisville I don't think is in any, any jeopardy whatsoever, uh, given how uh, this is going to shake out either. Um, obviously, we've seen Greenville get get unfortunately bumped into uh, summer wood bat college league uh, and Billings. Thing. Yeah. Billings is gone as well. Also, which is a complete bummer. Um, uh, I hadn't heard that. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, the pioneer league is getting, they're getting pushed to being a, an affiliated and uh, uh, in, independent league, I think is how they described it, yeah. which, uh, you know, it's, it sucks is what it comes down to. It's Rob Manfred streamlining, which means what, uh, maximizing profits and minimizing the amount of exposure they've got ac- across all leagues. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with uh, uh, with Chattanooga. Honestly, that's the one spot where uh, I think there might be potentially um, some movement. Uh, where they well, I have with- sources who have sources, by the way, so I have some info. Oh no, yeah, I, you're I, in Nashville. You're almost I'm, in Chattanooga. I'm all ears. Well, my my info did not come from anybody locally, but it's somebody who is somewhat plugged in, and they they've told me that all signs point to the Reds not changing any of their affiliates. But the only one that worries them is Chattanooga, because um, if they get offered a license, they may not have the money to upgrade the shitty facilities that they have, right? And so they may have to turn it down. Which, you know, if um, uh, what you're just talking about, if the league gets bumped up, they might still have the same affiliate, but it, it may be the double A affiliate. Well, Daytona was also on the chopping block as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hadn't heard anything about them. How the fuck do you have sources and I don't? Buddy, I am very, um, very special. I'm, pl- I'm plugged in. Just, I'm plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> He's got uh, the Matrix background go- going on all the time. He's plugged in. Um, the only actually, thing you're plugged hey, into hey. is an EKG machine. Uh, hey. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. Well, I'm, still, I'm still secretly hoping for Lexington to bump up the AA somehow. Um, weren't they on the that, chopping block too, though? They, they were in part because of stadium improvements. That stadium was built in 2001. And they haven't had a damn thing to it since yeah. then. Um, it's I was hoping... I was hoping that the I had a triple, I had a triple there from in the high school from the Rangers, and that they would be a that they would be a double A team. And I was like, man, if that happens, I'm gonna love it. <laughs> you had a triple there in high school, Paul. I, yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. I got hammered on uh, Thirsty Thursdays there about twenty five times. So I, was, I and I was in high school. <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> I raced a guy in a golf cart to get a foul ball there. Was he running and That's you're in the golf cart? No, he was in the golf cart. No, uh, um, for people who don't know, running? I mean, I was a lot smaller back then, asshole. But 
<laughs> no, uh, right. if you don't know my, about... And my, my heart worked good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, uh, the Legend Stadium is, it's if you don't know, it's on the north side of Lexington. And like right behind home plate is like the big parking lot. And it's not like Glad a... Sir Pizza. Yes. And it's not like a like a huge, you know, facade stadium. So foul balls all the time that go back behind home plate go out into the parking lot. And apparently they have these guys on golf carts to go and collect them. So we were walking out of a game once. We left early for some reason. I, I don't know. I was probably, yeah. But uh, <laughs> so a ball comes flying and starts rolling down the parking lot. And I start going after it. And I see this guy on the golf cart and he sees me and then we give the look like all right it's on so my dumbass goes on a dead sprint through this parking lot while this guy is flooring it from across the other side on his golf cart and i got the ball and i think i said something to him and then i realized he didn't speak english and so he didn't know what i was saying and that's my story it's not very good the end the end and then you built a wall what? Anyway. Hey, you all want to answer some questions that people have? Let's do it. Not really. Yes. <laughs> so so um, this week, I asked people to use the hashtag non-tenderbender to ask their questions. And let me scroll to where they start. All right. Here we go. First question comes from... Oh, no, I lost it. God damn it. I have a whole bunch of stuff to cut. Why are there all these pictures of Phil Razor and my mentions on the <laughs> on the account? Because I'm going back through the mentions to look for them. And every time there's like five pictures of Phil's face. Anyway, shout out to Phil. This is Christmas tree. He's very proud of it. There's one on the Christmas tree. There's one of him in a bandana. There's oh that's that's Rebel Phil. He rides a bicycle. There's another guy who took his own picture, and then uh, there's Trevor Lawrence. Okay, anyway, first question comes from Kyle Kapler. He asks hashtag non tender bender. What kind of sauce are we eating with all these tenders? Mine is sweet and sour. Uh, Ryan, what kind of sauce you get on your tenders? Uh, I like a good honey mustard. Same. Very good. Very good. Uh, tasty. Um, I also like a sweet and sour. And uh, sometimes I'm at Wendy's and I get a family pack of chicken nuggets just for my own fat self. <laughs> I will get some barbecue sauce with it. Thank you. It's got to be the right kind of barbecue sauce if I'm going to use it on my tenders. I'm, I mean, I'm not just using off-the-shelf barbecue sauce if I'm going to be doing that. Probably. Kind of sauces on your tendies. Here's the thing. I'm <laughs> microwaving my own butter and putting some hot sauce, and I'm flipping that stuff with some buffalo sauce. There you go. Made my own. Maybe with some extra hot Texas Pete. I'm a Texas Pete fan of a Frank's Red Hot. See, I'm a Frank's Red Hot kind of guy. But I, I can appreciate the Texas Pete and the Sriracha. I'm also, I'm also a Dixie Chili fan over Gold Star and Skyline, and Camp Washington Chili. Thank Understandable. you very much. Understandable. Uh, Wick, sauces on your tendies. Uh, hot honey garlic. Ooh. Did that, that, did that, sound, hot. Did that sound awesome? That yeah, does sound awesome. Too. Yeah. I'm going to have to... 
purchase some hot honey garlic sauce. If you can, if you can track it down, it's it's divine. It's uh, the, my 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 local wing spot just a couple blocks down the street has hot honey garlic, and I get that on that and everything else I could possibly get it on. So yeah, nice. Woo, sauces. Well, first off, you should be getting t- uh, tenders or nuggets, or whatever, only if they don't actually need a sauce to eat them. Like they should be good. It's like a French fry, right? A great French fry doesn't need ketchup or anything else. Same thing for nuggets or, or tenders. Like you should be able to just taste them without a sauce and they're good. Once you got that, then uh, about any sauce, it's Chick-fil-A, you know? What's Chick-fil-A sauce, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Chick-fil-A sauce, their, uh, their honey mustard there, or sweet and sour above them all. So any of those are good. Gotcha. Ode to the Red 20. You know what? Wu is right. Wu is right, though. I mean, who do, who do people think we are? Fucking Bob Castellini eating these fucking poor tenders? No. Ode to the Reds 2021 World Series asks, hashtag non-tender bender, are boneless wings just chicken nuggets? What wing sauce do you all get? Now, boneless wings are just pieces of chicken breast, so yes, they are chicken nuggets. Anyone disagree? I disagree. Because I, I, I get, bon- I I get boneless not. wings all the time. It's just pieces of chicken well, breast. Look at well, look <laughs> at that. Who's wrong again? Hey, let's move on. Well, t- t- technically, technically, the original chicken nuggets were not chicken breast. They were every other part of the chicken that had no value elsewhere. Ground up so, and uh, congealed together. Butthole. Yeah, yeah butthole. buttholes and so beaks. A slight upgrade, slight upgrade, but same premise, right? Uh, in terms of sauce, I like a lot of dry rubs on my wings, like a spicy, like I like Caribbean jerk on wings depending on the place where you go. Um, I tell you who has the best wings around here. Shout out to Midway Cafe in Fort Thomas. They have smoked wings, and they've got good sauces that go with them. Go, don't go to B-dubs and expect to get good wings because, one, half the times they burn them, and, two, their sauces are just out of a bottle somewhere. So go to a and local three, spot. You're, three, you're going to shit your brains out in about 20 minutes. That's true. And I'm not the kind of person who can risk that. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, in terms of wing sauce, what's your favorite sauce? Uh, let's start with Polly. Um, so there's a local spot called the Honey Hole in uh, my where I live at. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's called the Honey Hole, and they have a honey. <laughs> oh, hang sauce, on, hang on, is... wait, 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 pump and dump Honey Hole. Polly, what life are you living, my friend? <laughs> and, and Ryan, there's a donut shop in town that used to be called Country Cousins. <laughs> anyway, back to the honey I'm hole. Uh, honey, it's like a, it's like a honeybee uh, is a mix of all sauces, and it's like hot, sweet. Um, Wild Mike's on the west side has a similar sauce, a Mike sauce. So it's like a suicide there. from like the uh, the old fountain machine, where you the just get like fountain, a little bit of everything. Yes. Yes, and it's it's a it's, it's a really, bar match really shot. Good. It's really good. A bar match shot. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Woo. Is I like it, a good. I like a good right parm par garlic with uh, some kick to it. Uh, up there is one of my favorites. Ryan, what you got? I got you. Uh, give me anything with ghost pepper, please. Thank you. Oh, it's not a real ghost pepper, or else you'd be dead with your heart. Uh, well, what do you think I'm trying to do? It didn't get me the first time. I'm trying to get it, let it get me the second time. In all seriousness, no, though, when you see some like these commercials for like fast food ghost pepper sauce, that's not ghost yeah, pepper. Yeah, that's not real. That's not, not real. real because half of the people would be in the fetal position crying their eyes out. 
if it was real ghost pepper sauce. I know that I'd be one so, of those people, so I don't eat it. <laughs> so story time with uh, story time with uh, Uncle Ryan. My wife uh, was convinced that the reason why I had my heart attack was because right before I had my heart attack, we went and visited her family down in Florida, and they had a big cookout, and they make this amazing pork butt like pulled and it's a it's perfect but down in florida there's a sauce called okie sauce that her uncle sends me all the time it's my favorite sauce i put it on everything it's fantastic um and it's like it's like a sweet you know it's not it's not real hot but it's got a little spice to it well it's he what he does it you get in these big bottles and he puts them in these smaller squirt bottles right and they're all the same color um so i get myself this big old pork butt sandwich i sit down I grab a bottle, I just douse my sandwich in it, and I take a bite. And um, the next thing I know, I, I cannot breathe. <laughs> and uh, um, it is because inadvertently I picked up the homemade from Ghost Peppers grown in his garden sauce and completely smothered my pork buck sandwich in it. And... Um, I took a bite and I immediately regretted my decision because it was so much and um, I ate every last bit of it. And ever since then, like I just, I love anything ghost pepper, anything <laughs> at the cost of your but heart. Then, at, but then I almost died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So wick other than almost dying, what's your favorite sauce? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think which sauce gives me the least heartburn now. Uh, just for future premonition. Um, no, I, I'm with you, man. Uh, Caribbean jerk when done right. And not like the big, like not the big goopy caramel. Right, sauce, right, right. But the good rub, the good, uh, mm-hmm. you know, crushed red pepper, um, good jerk wings. Just that's, that's the best, man. That's that. That's the best. Yeah. B-dubs has a Caribbean jerk sauce, but it's like almost like honey with a little bit of spices in it. It's like, no, no, it's not. That's not a real Caribbean jerk. Not that I've been, you know, I think we can all agree that Buffalo Wild Wings is just absolute trash. The only thing they have for them is semi-cheap beer, and that's about it. That's the only reason to go there is to drink. Anyway, shout out to B-dubs. Choose <laughs> your sponsor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our new sponsor, B-dubs. Uh, uh, Burmy at Big Red Tweeter has a question. Hashtag non-tenderbender. And this is why Phil's picture was all in my mentions. Who has that best hair between Phil Razor, uh, DTV89, Salt in the Shame, and him Burmy. they all have long hair they're all hippies and dirty but who has the best hair i'm not sure who has the best but i can tell you who has the worst and that's phil <laughs> it's awful it's great here's the thing Coop. that's a trick question that's a trick question and shout out to ram ram has the best hair shout out to ram at uncle ram <laughs> um yeah what little he has left of it ram starting to go a little bald now i'm telling you um, but yeah, Phil's got the worst hair. I mean, it looks like he hasn't washed it in like three months and there's like gray. He looks, he looks good. He looks amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Phil looks great. He looks amazing. Shout uh, out to Phil. I'll give Phil a nod. I'll give Phil a nod for the most confident hair. Yes. Like, yeah. Ten, yeah. 10 yeah. out of 10. Yeah. Phil knows he looks good. That's the thing. Phil the, knows he looks good. The best picture of Phil was in front of his Christmas tree. It's <laughs> amazing. It's so good. I love it. I just love it. Every time it shows up in my timeline, oh, I just get I just get the good feels. <laughs> oh, okay. Um uh, 
Hunt for Kevin Outhouse has a question. What is the better movie, Grinch or Home Alone? Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie. Fuck you, Die Hard is the best Fuck Christmas you, movie. Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. Kevin, Fuck you. you're such a disease. Home Alone's better. Home Alone's definitely better. But yes, Die Hard is my favorite Christmas movie. And here's Gremlins why. Gremlins is better, yeah. Gremlins is also better than those two, absolutely. But um, here, here's the thing, shout out to Polly. Die Hard's a Christmas movie because it happens at Christmas at a Christmas party. Therefore, it's a fucking Christmas movie. He puts ho, ho, ho on the dead guy because it's Christmas. He has the Happy Holidays Merry Christmas tape that he tapes the gun to his back because it's Christmas. There's Christmas lights around. There's Christmas trees because it's fucking Christmas. It's a Christmas movie. Thank you for my uh, rant there, everyone. But yes, Home Alone. Does anybody else think Grinch is better than Home Alone? No. no. That's what I thought. No. Yeah, that's dumb. Home Alone. Home Alone's funny. Home Alone 2 is surprisingly good, too. Even though when they showed it on TV, they cut some of the best parts. There's <laughs> 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 uh, more pictures of Phil's face in my timeline as I'm scrolling here. Um, Hashtag blessed. Uh, J and E at Die Hard VC car, VC fan fifteen s hashtag non tender bender. Who won the thirty man or so roster that we have left? Do you like the least? Man, I, it's Wade Miley. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right <laughs> says Wade Miley. Um, I don't know because a lot of the people that were just dead weight are gone now. Um, I guess yeah, Wade Miley. Think. I mean, it's got to be Joey Votto in that contract that's really holding his team back, right? Oh, yeah. Exactly. That's <laughs> oh, yeah. what it is. Yep. Spe- uh-huh. Speaking of, uh, Ken Rosenthal came out today in the Athletic and said that uh, <laughs> the Reds basically can't trade Votto because nobody wants that contract, which, you know, thanks, Ken. Didn't know that already. But Mark Payton. Is he still on the roster? I swear to hell he is, I think. Yep, that's um, the fucking guy. They paid for him twice. Fuck Mark. <laughs> yeah, fuck him. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Waste of space. Okay, five foot five left-handed hitter. Fuck you. Can Mark Payton play shortstop? Can we can we make that happen? Is that, is well, he's, that a he's short enough? He should be able to. If if Dusty was here, he'd be batting second if he did. <sighs> oh man. Um, sorry, I get through all these pictures of Phil to get to the next question. Yeah, you know, the, the the real reason why you have this podcast is so you can look at Phil tweets. That's that's the premise. I love it. He, I I hope the the pandemic ends just so he goes and gets a haircut. No other reason. <laughs> I mean, I bought clippers so that my wife can shear my head because that's how much I care about my hair. But anyway, Buckeye State Sports <laughs> has a question. Hashtag non tender bender. Guess the date of the next game where Great American Ballpark will be full. Hmm. 2027. <laughs> I was going to say, they keep, they keep going the way they nine, are. 9-11-2021. <laughs> Never forget. Oh, uh, forget. I'm going to say... First, the first Cubs series of 2022, <laughs> maybe, maybe? I'll say opening day 2022 because I think the first half of the season there's not going to be fans. Because, yeah. because oh yeah, there's not gonna be fans first half, and then who knows how many they're gonna. If you're talking full sold out, that's a whole different. Like who knows how long till that's gonna because full capacity. While there's good news on a vaccine front, 
it's going to take months to distribute that months and well, well you know america's a poverty state because they can only buy uh, what 50 million for 300 million people so yeah because I don't think they're gonna have like, <laughs> hey, here, here's like the yeah, we can move on opening <laughs> day of everyone back. Like I think right, no, like, oh, quarter capacity, half capacity. I agree with phase that. Phase your way in, right? I, it'll probably be opening day next year. Everyone's gonna be excited for that whole, you know, regardless of what the teams like. Cincinnati always has a big opening day, so yeah, no, I agree with so. you that uh, when fans do come back, they're gonna phase them in, and uh, hope. I mean, hopefully the the vaccine gets distributed enough that by the end of the year that they can have a hundred percent yeah I'd, i would expect like hey if you're in playoff games if playoff baseball you're gonna have hopefully you're not gonna have more than likely ideally that's more up. yeah uh what is else everybody else's guess or are you about the same about the same the okay. same or 2021 <laughs> Glass City Reds has a question. Hashtag non-tender bender. Will we ever lose hope with our next closer as we did when the Rysel came in during a one-run game? Uh, Have you seen Michael Lorenzen pitch? Judas. (laughs) (laughs) While that was disappointing, I still can't wrap my head around how your anger isn't all at the offense. Yeah. Um... Well, are they speaking generally, or are they speaking more the last game of last season? Well, Iglesias did struggle a bit yeah. in, in this 60-game season, but everybody did. Every Well, every closer does struggle at some point in time. Yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, sure, he would still be here and would not be blowing any games, but, you know, we live in this dystopia all right, I'm going to get really dark if I keep going down that train of thought. Well, it's, it's, re- <laughs> it's all a recency effect. You know, everyone's remembering the bad, you know, and, and you look at his numbers, as Wick said earlier, you know, it's the best season. And he, I mean, it's a pretty elite, pretty top end season um, for, for, for a reliever. You, there's yeah. not a ton of them out there. Um, well, I it, mean, he was bad in 2019, and his comments when he was bad didn't exactly endear him to Reds fans. Um, but he but, wasn't David I mean, Weathers yeah, he, either. But, yeah, yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, he was fine. I mean, he was he was a but fine about, reliever. I mean, you got to look at the numbers and the performance and stuff. It's not, it's yeah, not like I mean, he was horrible. I could, you know, you can be nice, you can be a horrible person, whatever. And, you know, I'm looking at the baseball numbers. It's horrible person. 141 relievers <laughs> threw at least 20 innings last year, and he was tied for the third most valuable. Yeah, by Fangrass wins above replacement. Oh Liam yeah, Hendrickson, horrible, uh, and horrible. Somebody, and somebody, and somebody I'm not, I can't remember it now. We're the only ones better than him. Um, yeah, it was a small sample, and yeah, he gave up a ton of home runs in 2019. Uh, but the fact is, like, it's one thing if a player is getting bad results and he's out there flipping up like you know Bronson Arroyo 86 mile frisbees. frisbees. Like <laughs> the, the the dude had sick stuff. Like it was always sick. It was never bad. It just got he served up home runs in 2019, yeah. and 2018. That's it. But he's still. Even better this year because his velocity was back up. Filthy. Like, I love watching him pitch, you know? Um, the only reason he like had... If, if you miss your spots against big league hitters, bad things happen. Yeah, yeah exactly. Almost every exactly. single time. Oh, wow, that was right down. Well, but, like, the can. 
him versus David Weathers and Coco Cordero and <laughs> Danny Graves. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. You know? I mean, so. part of the reason that Iglesias would have control problems wasn't because that he was just wild. Is that his sometimes his ball would move so much that he wouldn't he even. In the middle of the plate. Yeah. He, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I agree that he, he had some, like his two-seamer. My God. And then the Reds just gave it away. Anyway, Polly actually had a question here. Hashtag non-tender bender. Are the Reds throwing in the towel, and have you ever been on an actual bender? We can just skip the first one. (laughs) Let's go right to the bender. Because, yeah. I don't think I've ever been on a... I've I've never been on a bender. No, this is a booze bender. Oh, oh, well, that. Booze, yeah. I was thinking... I mean, like... I mean, I think I drank like 90... I think I drank 100 beers in a weekend before. <laughs> I've I definitely been on a bender before in my life. They're great. I went through about six bottles of whiskey this weekend. It was fantastic. <laughs> Ryan's on his bender right now. I uh, worked from home during 2020. <laughs> <laughs> we went on a bender of negativity this year. Oh my god, yeah. It's the best kind. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh our friend Jesse Byrne has a question from Australia. Hashtag non bender ender. Non tender bender. What's that what's that kind have to say? Uh one oh three twenty eight. Uh hashtag shipping the horse. There's a horse that races here in Australia called Cincinnati Red. It's won twice in twenty nine starts. Why does it and the Reds baseball team want us to be disappointed so much? So we got our horse expert, Wick, on. Tell me about <laughs> the Australian horse Cincinnati Red. Uh, yeah, two wins and 29 starts. Um, to me, that says it's probably gelded, um, which means it has no more testicles remaining, um, which means there's zero chance whatsoever they could ever go to the breeding shed, which means whoever paid a lot of money for it, or even a small amount of money for it, is doing everything they possibly can to run it into the ground and get as much earnings out of it as possible um which now that we're still, talking about it feels real do they still make glue out of horses <laughs> well what i was getting at is that actually is a metaphor for where the cincinnati reds are right now which is that they are trying to squeeze every last dollar out of it uh didn't pay a lot for it on the front end and are running it in all the crap races uh, just trying to make a buck at this point so um, are you saying yes. bob castellini is gelded um hashtag ship the horse yeah <laughs> just I don't like make glue it. out of horses though seriously I like the poverty franchise because Cincinnati Red Horse glue would probably be the dollar store knockoff super glue not like the the Some good Elmer, stuff uh, Elmer's Descends <laughs> Elmer's Descends glue <laughs> that's where Elmer went he got made into glue Shout out to Elmer Descends. Isn't he a pitching coach somewhere now? I think he's a pitching coach somewhere now. He, he might be. Uh, Bill at OBC2 had some questions, as like he always does. So I'll pick out his best one. Like, what is the individual war for the Res 1990 starting lineup? I'm not going to ask that. Has Coop ever pooped at a Major League Baseball park? Hashtag Pooper Cooper. Public Pooper Cooper. Something. Um, no. I try not to poop in public. Thank you, Bill. I think I've pooped at Paul Brown Stadium, though. 
only in an absolute emergency will I poop in public. And that's why I have the worst poop stories because it's always close. Epcot? Oh, Epcot. (laughs) Epcot. I'll just go to the family restroom. (laughs) Do you use the small toilet or the big one? Are you pooping pooping for three? Most of the time I am, Wick. <laughs> Destroy that little small toilet in the in the family room so that the next family comes oh, in God. there. <laughs> oh, when I made that kid cry at Epcot, though. <sighs> Go to the, I think it was episode 10 of the podcast, which was the poop cast, if you want to hear that story. Uh, that's enough Bill questions. Uh, Obscure former Reds Ken has a question. Hashtag non-tender bender. Um, stop the steal. No, what kind of return would you be okay with if if the Reds traded either Gray or Suarez? Wick, you discussed trading Eugenio Suarez on Red Reporter the other day. Why don't you ask answer this one first? Yeah. So when I was kicking that around, basically what it, what what my premise was is that the Reds have a very disjointed roster as is. They've got. Five, uh, six, if you count Mark Payton, uh, outfielders for three spots. Um, there is no DH anymore for 2021 that we know of, which means you've lost the ability to have either Jesse Winker or Nick Castellanos, who should be a DH at this point. Um, you've got to play one of them in the outfield, and then you've got a bunch of other talented players that one of them is going to have to sit every day. On top of that, you've got Mike Mustakas playing second base when he's really a third baseman. And of all the Reds players who you've given big multi-year contracts to, um, the only one who still probably has positive trade value based on his age and how much money he's owed is Eugenio Suarez. And is he projected to be your best position player? Yeah. But with no DH, if you rolled out Moose at third and Sinzel at second and an outfield of Winker, Shogo, and Aquino and Janos, that's a complete roster. So, um, you know, when, when the idea of trying to save money and still try to win gets kicked out there, which is an idea that I hate thinking about, but is also one that is what the reds are pretty much presenting themselves as having to operate under. Maybe he's the guy because he's the guy that brings back a young starting pitcher, you know, a guy that can slot in and fill a void left by Trevor Bauer, maybe not one for one, but do so cheaply enough to where you can then afford to spend money on a shortstop. You know, if you trade Suarez, shed his $11 million for this year, uh, bring back a pre-arb starting pitcher that can fill Disco's role, bump guys up in the rotation, move Iglesias, and that frees up $16 bucks. well, shit, you can sign Didi Gregorius and sign a decent reliever for that, and that's, you know, maybe it's shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic. In my opinion, it kind of is, given what they spent last year and still didn't win anything. Um, but if that's what they're committed to doing, that might be the best possible chance for them to quote unquote tread water. Um, you know, I think, I think, Gino would have trade value. He's 29. He had 49 home runs last year. Uh, in 2020, he had a shitty start because he busted his shoulder playing in the pool with his kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, his last, his last 33 games, he hit 16 home runs, which I think is no wait. His last 33 games, he was on a 59 home run per 162 game pace, which I think means he had 13. He had a 942 OPS in that frame, which is what you expect from him after his 29 season. Uh, he's a guy who teams would trade for because he's young enough and cheap 
Uh, it sucks to say that, but for the same reason why it sucks to say that, that's because everybody else thinks he's good too. So, um, yeah, it's, I, I hate the idea of that, but it's the same idea as moving Sonny, which is you move him for a guy that can slot in right now. And then also for somebody you can get down the road, you know, like, a uh, you know, with Sonny, if you could get Chris Paddock from the Padres and free up 20 million bucks to sign a shortstop, maybe that's an idea you do. I just don't know if teams out there are really willing to do that because if the Reds are trying to cut money like they are, God knows all the other mid-market teams are trying to do that also. Oh, absolutely. Woo. What would you want in a return for either Gray or Suarez? I don't think there's any trade where Gray going out the door makes the Reds better for 21, like period. Like their, their strength is pitching. They're really weak hitting. They've already lost Bauer. You're not going to lose your number, you know, you're arguably number two slash three guy um, from last year in gray and, and magically improved, especially with how team friendly the deal is. You're not going to flip a lot of cash. I, I mean, if you were going to have to move one or two of them, it would obviously be Suarez. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of what Wick said makes sense and kind of what you would look for. If the team was trying to win, you'd, you'd move them to, to get somebody controllable um, that could have an impact that you could slide in. Um, and then, you know, you could shuffle some some people around. I just, it requires that, no matter what, it requires them to go out and get a free agent, in my opinion. Like, I, I think that, that, that if that team was actually intending to win, that it requires them to sign a significant free agent. Um, short of that, I don't know how you fill the holes. Like, you can rearrange some chairs and move some people around, but I don't see how the how that team is a championship caliber team without, you know, again a couple free agent signings. Ryan, so there's no one specific, so yeah, sorry, I can't add. No, you're fine, Ryan. <laughs> I mean, where's the where's the line? Where like where's the line? We're gonna trade Gray. Um, I mean, if you do that, I mean, fuck it, trade Castillo. He's he's pretty valuable. Hope we bring you back a haul. Just do a whole goddamn rebuild. Fuck Bob Castellini. He's a goddamn cunt. Well, that's what we're waiting into, though, right? We're waiting into another half, one foot, one way, one foot, the other, and we went through yeah. that, you know, seven it's, years I'm, ago. It's just, it, it, I don't know. I'm just, I'm mad about all of it. Um, you know, let's 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 flip it on it. If people get mad about NFL players who hold out and say, "Oh, well, you signed the contract. Why don't you honor it? Why don't why don't baseball owners honor the contracts that they signed?" these players do yeah what's uh what's kind of particularly annoying to me is is something i was like figuring out about a week or so ago which is how much of this money was coming off the books after 2021 anyway you know like regardless of making any moves right Mm -hmm. now they had so much payroll that was not guaranteed past 2021 as is bradley and goodwin and they're already gone wrestle iglesias is now gone uh wade miley's coming off the books tucker barnard's coming off the books Nick Castellanos could opt out. Like mm-hmm. there are contracts up and down the roster that are coming off the books in big, big chunks after this year. And so the fact that they weren't even willing to eat it a little bit for this year, when they built a club in a division where everybody else was treading water to where even if they just stood pat, you know, they could be just don't do anything, but let Trevor Bauer and Anthony Scafani walk, bring in a middling starter to fill out innings and keep everybody else that's a decent roster. You know, that's a decent roster given what the Cubs did and what the Cardinals are doing and what the Brewers are not doing. Like it's, it doesn't take much. 
And then boom, you've got another 40 million bucks coming off the books at the end of the year. Uh, so for them to cry poor at that juncture with that much more money and obligations coming off, it's just, uh, well, what it is, is it's very clear that they are prioritizing making money over winning baseball games. And they're the business owners. Yep. So be it. But as a fan of the team that they're in charge of paying, it flat sucks, man. Yep. Polly, what kind of return do you expect if the Reds unfortunately trade one or both of those players? The world and, and aliens do exist. They don't, I mean, by the way. You need, they do exist. <laughs> we'll see. I don't. To be honest with you, I'm I'm at, like at a point where I'm. Like, I don't even. I care, but like I don't. I can't even think about it because I'm like like that frustrated with the Reds right now. No, I get it. Yeah, it's you don't want to think about trading, especially a guy like Eugenio Suarez, who is just universally beloved because he is. You can tell he's such a good guy in addition to being a good baseball player. You don't want to trade those people, but if you're truly having a fire sale, he's your best asset other than Luis Castillo. And if, you, if you're going to trade Gray and Suarez, like Ryan said, you might as well trade Castillo too. I mean, I hope not, but shit. Yeah, I mean, again, at this where, point. Where's the plan? Where's the plan? There is no yeah, plan. I mean, at this point, like, I, I'm, I'm with, you know, shout out to our sponsor, the Sports Gallery. I'm with, uh, ask them about their uh, their UK section. But I'm with Callie. She ah! said it today. <laughs> she said, she said, like, I just don't, I just don't care anymore. Like, I'm so apathetic towards them. And that's, honestly, that's where I'm at. I just don't give a shit. Like, I, I'm, that's where we've gotten to. Like, this is, the feeling I have right now is actually pretty much worse than what I had during the rebuild. Because at least in the rebuild, I was being told, hey, we're drafting high. We're getting these prospects. We're going to develop them. We're going to bring them up. And it, just give us, you know, give us a few more. You know, give us a little bit more time. It's a little more time. So I just ignored the fucking major league team. Now that they actually gave me a year where I somewhat cared, they turn around and they fuck us. Shout out to so, Phil. I mean, I, I at the point at this point, I just I just don't care. Like I just don't care. Like. Let me know. Let me know when Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo get called up. Let me let me know when Jonathan India is getting you know, major league at bats. Let me know whenever you trade somebody for you know the shittiest prospects in a fucking <laughs> another team's organization. Like I mean, I just I, I'm getting to the point. Like I just I just don't care anymore. And do I? I mean, I think I'm. I still think they're a good team. I mean, I look, at, I look at the lineup and it's not bad. Yeah, they need some bullpen arms. Like, the, there's talent there still. But, like, the way that they've acted and the messaging that we're getting from the front office is just shitty. There's nothing else to say. You all are going to feel real bad when they trade for Francisco Lindor and sign JT Real Muto. <laughs> I made a joke. There's just there's a difference between trying to build a playoff team and trying to build a championship team. And this portion here barely you know up till today barely felt like they're they're trying to build a playoff team and roll the dice no i get in the playoffs i get what you're saying it's like university of cincinnati basketball they're just happy to be in the tournament <laughs> it's like it's like, it's like but, university of kentucky basketball in 2020 oh jeez Man, why could go I, on? I mean, what, what Ryan's feeling though, it's legit. I mean, we're staring down a barrel of uh, another decade without anything. 
right? Yeah. It's you know, everyone talks about the odds as the lost decades of Reds baseball. This is just a slightly more improved version of that. More, a little more. Some more wins, not as desolate of seasons. Right. But it's just another lost decade. We're looking right at. It. I mean, what they go now is setting up the next probably a couple of years potentially, if depending upon how it plays out between here and opening day. And uh, it, I mean, it, there's a reason apathy is going to set in. And Real then quick, before, th- then turn around and complain about fans not coming out or allow them to continue to cry poor and repeat this cycle and go ahead, Ryan. Just rushing. Well, before before you know before Coop goes you know and wraps everything up, I just have a question for you guys. Like, um, should I start rooting for the Mariners or the Padres? You have to pick an AL team. That's the rule. So the That's Mariners. Well, no. well Mariners. I, I, Mariners. I don't know if I'm going to be a Reds fan any longer. Uh, with the way this bullshit keeps going. Well, you so, can't be on this podcast if you're not a Reds fan. Well, you, you bring in a guy. He's a fucking Nationals fan. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Don't play with me, asshole. We had Keith All Law right. on, too, so he's not a Reds fan. Yeah, yeah. Keith Law on. Hey, the Toronto Blue Jays are going to be the fun team to watch the next couple of years. That's, uh, so that's, that's the other one. That was that was number three. But I see, I, lo- I love me some Jared Linick. Shout out to Branch. So I was leaning Mariners, but uh, Mariners could be fun. What about the Rays? I like the Rays. Um, I like the Rays, but they're they're poor, you know, and I don't want to do that again. No no more. You have to like the concept of the Rays, because even if you like the Rays right now, their roster in 17 days is going to have 35 different players than it does right now. Yeah, and and they're all going to hit only against righties or only against lefties. I just can't do that. Um, So, uh, yeah, I'm probably going to buy myself a Blue Jays hat. Yeah, go Jays. Go yeah. Jays! Shout out to Bo Bichette. Could have been a red. Shout but... out to uh, shout star... out to uh, Bo Bichette, uh, star of the uh, last episode of The Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't watch that. I love, love... Bo Bichette. Is the shit. We got a couple more questions, but we've been recording for almost an hour and a half, so I think we're going to wrap this one up. <laughs> we'll go around the room here and have everybody give their final thoughts and shout out to. What did I say? Shout out. Here's the thing. Paulie, give us your final thoughts. Here's the thing. I'm out of bourbon. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Coop, for inviting me as always. We'll see what happens, Reds fans. Hopefully I'll see you opening day 2022. Woo, give us your final thoughts. $270 million. That's what the Reds were before by Bob Castellini and the ownership group in 2006 and into 2007. Season and now the uh, the franchise is evaluated at you know over a, a billion dollars. Um, nice, yeah. yeah, right. Poverty. Um, yes, that's not. And I, I just, I, I'm tired of hearing budget issues for a one-off season such as this due to COVID. Uh, just, I'm just tired of it. You you look at how that franchise value, and that's just the franchise, not the property, the businesses they have tied in around the stadium that they have their hands in um, has increased over since 2006. Um, they can handle a one or two season some losses, right? Look at how much that value has gone up. They want to convince us that a billion dollar company can't take a hit for a season or two um, and to sell it off and sell it off with no plan, it seems, or with no building towards the future. Um, I, I hope... I hope that's not the case. I really do. I hope they make me eat these words. Um, I just, based upon the history, I just don't see it happening. Um, you know, we should all be cynical. We should all be upset. Um, 
that this ownership group does care about winning a championship. Uh, Bob Castellini once said, you know, we're simply not going to lose anymore. That was a quote. Um, and I'm starting to think perhaps he meant the balance sheet and not what happens on the field. Ooh, burn. Uh, Ryan. Sick, sick burn. Final thoughts. Um, yes. Well, Coop, once again, thank you for having me on your podcast to yell and scream. Fuck you. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> but uh, I wanted to go back to something that Polly said. Um, I looked it up here in Urban Dictionary. The pump and dump. Oh, it God. Is, um, it has, it has quality. Many, it has many, many meanings. But uh, the one that I feel like I can get away with without you <laughs> cutting it out um, is this one. And, it, and it's somewhat related. The pump and dump. Going to a gas station and pumping gas so that you can get the keys to the bathroom to take a dump. See, why so, would you even want to go to a bathroom when you have you, to get the key? You, well, it happens. Well, I'm, I live in the South. You would be surprised. Well, you here, would be surprised. Here, here's a little travel tip from your pal, Coop, when you're on a long road trip. You stop. You the can. No. You stop okay. at truck stops because they have the cleanest bathrooms. You wouldn't think that with dirty ass truckers. But shout out to Jimmy Haslam and the Cleveland Browns on your win yesterday against Tennessee Titans. I love you guys. But truck stops have the cleanest bathrooms. I like do. Follow my, that my my dad my dad drove a truck and I can I can attest to that. Sorry for calling your dad dirty. Wick, follow that up. Oh buddy, that man, he's a dirty old man. Love you, Dad. To to uh to tie tie a bow on this, uh for the same reason you go to truck stops for clean bathrooms, you actually do go to B dubs if you want draft bud light because they go through so much that it's always fresh. There you go. Um yeah, tie <laughs> To, 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 uh, thank you so much for having me on uh, Absolutely. the October podcast. It's good to be back. Um, with the Reds, if you if you forget your anniversary and promise that you'll get something for the birthday, and then you forget the birthday and promise that Christmas will be big, um, you could still get something very big for Christmas and kind of make the other two forgotten. So if you give away all these players like the Reds have and let them walk, um, and keep saying we're going to reallocate, we're going to shop for shortstops, yada, yada, yada. You can make a big move later, and a lot of this will get forgotten, but you can only do that so many times when things never actually fully materialize before everybody is just like we've been the last hour-ish uh, and skeptical as hell because um, you've done nothing to basically suggest that the big decision you eventually make is going to be the one that makes the other decisions that didn't turn out well work out better. And that's where I think I am with all this because it's, uh, it's, um, it's a pattern and breaking the pattern is going to take a lot more than what they've shown so far. And that's the frustrating part. And so, you know, I still have hope that they can make some good moves and spend some decent money uh, down the road. And that makes things end up okay relative to where we are right now, but it doesn't do anything to, to, to make the net that much better. And that's why I think I'm frustrated in all this. So yeah, whatever. It'll be baseball at some point. We'll have something else to bitch about and it'd be kind of fun, right? If we're all still alive. Yeah. <laughs> so for my uh, final thoughts, I just want to tell everybody to keep being safe with COVID, but just hold on for a few more months till we get the vaccine. Please people. I will. 
not just because I want to see sports in my lifetime again, but just <clears throat> so we can get back to normal. And a lot of people have been suffering due to all kinds of things associated with COVID from losing their jobs to losing their health insurance to all kinds of stuff like that. So let's just stick with it. I know we're an insanely stupid country, but I know most of the most people hopefully are smart and we can get through this and one day everything will be back to a semblance of normal. Anyway, so <laughs> sorry to end on a kind of downer, but for Polly and Wu and Ryan and Wick, this is Coop saying we will talk to you later. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati.